from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Ridiculous News is a production of iHeartRadio and Cool 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 Audio. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. With interesting views on breaking the rules of broadcasting and all sorts of wild reports to keep us laughing. With funny off-brand, upbeat journalism, the strange and unusual stories of what we give them. When it's all about ridiculous news everywhere, we talking about ridiculous news over here. Hey everyone, welcome to Ridiculous News. Not your average news show, we cover stuff you didn't realize was news, from the wild and funny, to the deep and hidden, to the absolutely ridiculous. I'm Bill Worley, an Atlanta-based filmmaker and comedian, and as a kid, back in 1999, I was truly concerned about the Y2K computer bug shutting down all of society, so much so that I didn't take Prince's advice and party like it was <laughs> 1999. Got to take Prince's advice, Bill. You know, I got to. Important. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Mark Kendall. I'm an Atlanta-based comedian. And, you know, I just did my part by making a grilled cheese for lunch. Grilled cheese is what a true citizen of Earth has for every meal. You know, doesn't matter what time it is. And so if you guys haven't guessed yet, today is a deep dive episode about propaganda. Uh, so we're going to be talking about interesting examples of propaganda uh, in the news and throughout history. And, guys, if that's not cool enough, uh, we are fortunate to be joined by special guest, uh, the amazing Ben Bowling. Uh, ben is a talented and prolific artist, writer, podcast producer, and host, uh, who you know from our, our parent podcast, Ridiculous History, as well as several other podcasts, and is also author of the book, uh, Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. So everyone, welcome Ben Bowling. Oh my gosh. Guys, thank you so much for having me. Uh, big fan, uh, longtime listener, first time guest. Uh, I've got to say, uh, as soon as you all reached out to me uh, for the opportunity to hang with you here on Ridiculous News, I, I was already over the moon. And then I guess I went further into the solar system when I learned about today's topic, which is near and dear to my heart. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining us. And we're going to kick things off with a segment uh, that we love to do every time we have a guest, which is called Giving Them Their Flowers. So this is just a, a, a round of compliments that we're going to give you. So, Ben, uh, you know, I'm always struck by your kindness and your sincerity whenever I have a chance to talk to you. And also something that I'm just a fan of you for, Ben, is your ability to make an entrance. You know, uh, we, we, we've hung out in different <laughs> locations and things, and I've seen you enter into a room or to a place, and I can't describe it, Ben, but your ability to enter, uh, enter a space of friends is really great. It, this is sort of like a vague memory in my mind. And by vague memory, I mean like, I don't know what's real or what's not real, but uh, we were uh, getting ready to do an improv workshop of some kind. It was in the morning. We were waiting uh, for you to show up. And then you just kind of like stroll up out of nowhere. And I'm like, Ben, where'd you come from? And it's like, I'll never know, you know? <laughs> but it was just like, it was just this great dynamic entrance. You walk in there with a smile, you know? Oh, and so, yeah, that's something I'm glad I got a chance to tell you that 
over this podcast, but your ability to enter into a space, I think, is uh, pretty fantastic. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, ben, you, like Mark said, you're just someone that is always so sincere and interesting and passionate to talk to. I don't think I've ever had a conversation with you where I'm not, don't walk away like a smarter, better person. <laughs> so I appreciate that. And I appreciate uh, that you're always such a sharp dresser as well. That's something that I've always noticed about you, Ben. <laughs> and it's always like, I, you know, raising the level of every room you're in, not just with your entrances, but with your appearance. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm always, uh, I, I'm always dressed to impress with you guys. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, Mark Kendall and Bill Worley have, uh, for many, many years, not only been friends of mine, but you guys, uh, we met when you were teaching me improv and we talked a little bit about this on our show ridiculous history when um when you guys classed up our little operation so uh <laughs> i'm i'm always <laughs> so i i always have kind of a, a padawan uh attitude with with you all um and i got to say because this is the propaganda episode I am enjoying your pro Ben propaganda. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to play clips of this uh, to my my boss. I'm going to play clips of it to uh, strangers. Mark, like what you said, when I walk into rooms now, I'm just going to play that clip of you. Maybe sweeten it with some like music at the as a sound right. bed. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. I'll report back. <laughs> great, great. Looking forward to hear about it. Uh, so, uh, y'all, we're going to hop on. Uh, to our next segment. So this is uh, what we call Ridiculous News Nibbles. So these are some quick headlines that we found that we're going to talk about. Uh, and all these headlines we're discussing uh, center around propaganda in some way or another. So, Bill, how about you kick things off? Well, there was a, you know, city of Chicago is kind of famous for anti-ketchup propaganda. And this is a story about how they spread beyond just the city itself to expressways. And if you don't know, Chicago has this batshit bizarre anti-ketchup attitude. And it's rooted in the fact that Chicago has a hot dog with a specific assemblage of ingredients. And there's supposed to be no altercations, uh, alterations or altercations, hopefully, (laughs) about this particular hot dog. And so for those that don't know what a Chicago dog is, it's topped with yellow mustard, chopped white onions, bright green sweet pickle relish, a dill pickle spear, tomato slices or wedges, pickled sport peppers, and a dash of celery salt, which is crazy if you eat hot dogs like we do in the South, which is just pretty much off the grill, ketchup, mustard, boom. Uh, It's such a different flavor profile. Uh, The nickname is it's been dragged through the garden because it has all these things. And of course, (laughs) you'll notice there's no ketchup listed because ketchup somehow got caught in a tangle of cultural mores and it's become a point of civic pride to reject ketchup in all forms in Chicago, and some restaurants even have signs that state, you know, we're anti-ketchup, not even on French fries, which is like, what? <laughs> um, and I have uh, signs with a red bottle with a big X crossed over. And I was wondering for Ben and Mark, you know, I was thinking like, what does Atlanta have in, that's similar to that? And we do have, I think, a passion for Coca-Cola, oddly, where if you're at an establishment and they don't serve Coke and they only serve Pepsi... I've seen people get attitude. Yeah, I think that the expectation is, at least in a lot of places, that Coke is available. And there are occasionally certain places that maybe uh, don't have Coca-Cola, but I've noticed that's mainly like franchises, right? So there's right. a franchise that has like a deal with Pepsi. But if I'm going to just like a regular everyday restaurant where they got sodas, it's, it's surprising when they don't have Coca-Cola. So maybe that is maybe that is the comparison. Yeah, I would say, though, I don't feel like, ang- like angst no, too much. No. I might have a little bit of disappointment, mm-hmm. but it's not like a, what the hell? There's yeah. no mm-hmm. Coke. It's like, I can deal with a Dr. Pepper or a Pepsi <laughs> yeah. or, or, you know, whatever. Or, uh, product. Uh, uh, no, Mark, you're a big Sprite fan. How do you feel when people say, uh, well, well, sir, we have Sierra Mist? You know, Ben, that's a great that's a great question. Now, if that's what's available, I'd have it happily. That said, I feel the difference between Sprite and Sierra Mist. That 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 gulf, that difference to me is much bigger than that between Coca-Cola and uh Pepsi. So let's say they didn't have Sprite, they did have Sierra Mist. I'd probably just go 
some other direction completely. I'd be like, how about how about some water? Water would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some tea. I, yeah. <laughs> At first I thought you were going to say, I would probably just go. And I, was, <laughs> I was thinking too. I thought I'd go some other direction. Like he just stands up and walks away. I said, good day, madam. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, I immediately think of, now we're all uh, big Big, big fans of snacks and food in Atlanta is uh, quite fortunate, I think, to have uh, this huge, diverse uh, collection of food, uh, of foodways from around the world. Um, but one thing that always stands out to me that uh, maybe people aren't as aware of is chicken wings. Every place, hmm. you know, um, of course, from Buffalo, New York on has uh, some pretty some pretty hard opinions about chicken wings, you know, and there's a lot of Venn diagrams regarding are they <laughs> are they part of like barbecue? In some places, they're a genre of barbecue or they're buffalo wings. Hmm. Uh, here in the kingdom of the lemon pepper wet, uh, there is mm. like a very, I, I would argue, um, there's this ongoing, at times heated conversation about which place has the best chicken wings. Now, we're not as strict about it as um you know philadelphia and the idea of where the best cheesesteak is but mm -hmm. i've definitely i've definitely um witnessed and not proud to say it participated in some strident <laughs> conversations <laughs> typically a few beers in about which chicken wings are in fact the best in atlanta well, Ben, I got to ask them, yeah. like in Atlanta, where, where are your favorite wing spots? Yeah, you got to get us. Oh, you, can't, you, 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 you rolled out that ramp. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. No, you're right. You're right. We've got to deliver. So yeah. uh, your mileage may vary. Uh, but for me, I'm a big fan of the, um, of the chicken wings at a place called The Local. It's uh, for a long time, mm. you know, where our office yeah. has been for, for many years. Uh, it's right next to this place called the local and they mainly serve chicken wings. They found the one thing and, and they said, we're just doing that. You can maybe have a hot dog. I, I, I think they're okay with ketchup on the hot dogs, but, uh, yeah, of course, but they yeah. do a, like a neat little two-step process, uh, where they smoke them first and it's pretty great. And then across the street from there, there's another, uh, a sports bar called Dugan's and they also have really good wings. But I, I think, you know, Honestly, guys, I'm trying to remember a place I've been in Atlanta that was a non-chain restaurant that had bad wings. I'm trying to think of one. Mm. Yeah, that that see, that's the thing with me is like I, I feel like there's so many good wings in Atlanta mm -hmm. that I don't have a, a, a strong. There's a place called Best Inn Brewing. It's a brewery down here on the west side, and they have really good wings. And every time I get them, I'm like surprised how good they are. Uh, and you know, lemon pepper wet from JR Crickets, of course, mm -hmm. is is life changing. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I I I'm not as strong one way or the other. What about you, Mark? A place that I've discovered recently. Well, first off, all, all those spots y'all have mentioned, uh, great recommendations. And I'll also add uh, a place I've been to recently, uh, BNL Wings mm. Uh, mm. in Atlanta. They have a new flavor that I've been pretty excited about. They have a hot honey lemon pepper, uh, which is a Nice flavor. Wow. They also got great fries, which is not necessary to having good wings. But it's like, oh, I get some wings and I get some fries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Have fun, you know. Uh, so B and L wings for those that are in Atlanta, check it out. Oh, the Great Divide here, I believe, and I don't know if this is the if this goes for the rest of the country, but like you, you can already tell. Uh, you can already tell, dear listeners, that this is a conversation people have in Atlanta. I did not mean to derail us, but the big divider for a lot of people is going to be the choice of condiment. Just like the hot dogs mm, in Chicago, yeah. you know, there's there's this um, uh, <laughs> there's this like it's like that Robert Frost poem: the divergence of the two roads in the woods. <laughs> are you ranch or are you blue cheese? Blue cheese. Right? Yeah, I'm a blue cheese guy. I'm a blue yeah. cheese guy myself. Yeah, yeah. You know, y'all. It's interesting. I, I, uh, speaking of BNL, they make their own in-house blue cheese. It's like a sweet blue cheese oh, wow. kind of, which I enjoy. That said, however, I don't limit myself. You know, I kind of go place by place. Because sure. some people have great ranch, other people have great blue cheese. I think it also depends on the flavor of wing you get and what pairs well. 
you know? It is. Variety is the spice of life, mm -hmm. you know? You might as well, you know, why limit yourself? Exactly. Especially if you got a lot of condiments, a lot of hey, good condiments. Hey, Bill, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, it looks like someone right behind you is like knocking furiously to oh, get... Oh, yeah. Oh, come on in. It's got yeah. a nice chef hat. Look at that. Yeah. It looks like they kind of maybe know you. Could you introduce him to us, Bill? Oh, my gosh. Uh, this is uh, the, the angry five-star chef who puts ketchup on everything. Hello, it is I, the angry five-star chef who puts ketchup on everything. Now, why uh, did I need to introduce? <laughs> because I never enter a room unless I'm introduced, Bill. Now, looking, that's back, right, that's right. looking back, did that make sense for you to do it, given that I was just going to repeat myself? Yes. No, it didn't. Well, no, it did not. However, I'm glad that you did, because now I've gotten to say my name not once, mm. but twice. And if you missed it, I'm an angry five-star <laughs> chef puts ketchup on everything and has been ostracized by the culinary world. Oh, wow. But let me tell you something about ketchup. It touches Ooh. every every single taste button, every single taste profile, and it's made of tomatoes. It's an honest condiment. And whenever I, I go to Chicago, I'm always thrown out of town, always kicked out of town every single time. Let me take you back to the year 2002. A young Barack Obama, way before his political career uh, took off, I was invited to a Chicago soiree with the who's who's of Chicago's political elite. And I made a wonderful, a wonderful, 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 wonderful uh, meal of steak and potatoes and chicken and asparagus. Every mm. single bit of it was doused in ketchup. And it was only once I had revealed my secret ingredient that everyone got so angry at me. And mm. I said to Barack, listen, you can't get angry at me because I put ketchup on everything. And he responded, yes, we can. And oh, at that moment, <laughs> his political slogan was born. Mm. So do I take credit for Barack Obama's political ascendance? Yes, of course I do. Mm. And I also take credit for any time someone somewhere is laughed at for how they put ketchup on their food. Think of me. Think of me. And good day. And just in case you've forgotten, I've been an angry five-star <laughs> chef who puts ketchup on everything and has been ostracized by the culinary world. Thank you so much. And he brought some samples of, of food. I appreciate the, the French fries, the steak, the ice cream is extra bold. Thank you so much, five-star chef who puts ketchup on everything and has been ostracized by the culinary world. Ketchup! <laughs> wow. Wow, guys. Wow. That, was, that was really something. I've read about that guy. You know, he's a that guy's... A, can I curse on here? That guy's a fucking legend. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, they have signs about him in Chicago. And they're like, do not let him in. At the it's airport, a lot of yeah. like that kind of stuff. Yeah, they searched right, my backpack right. and I was like, my backpack's not that big. But yeah, they're serious about it. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, y'all. So we're back to kind of take a deeper dive into our topic today, which is propaganda. So how about we start things off by reading a definition of what propaganda is? All right. So this is from Merriam-Webster. So propaganda is the spreading of ideas, information, or rumor for the purpose of helping or injuring an institution, a cause, or a person. Another definition is uh, ideas, facts, or allegations uh, spread deliberately to further one's cause or to damage uh, an opposing cause. Uh, also, a public action having such an effect. Right. So, uh, you know, when we were getting ready to record, Ben, you were talking a little bit about this really interesting stuff about Edward Bernays, who is the father of propaganda. Uh, also, side note, I, I, I grew up listening to a punk rock band called Propaganda. Yes! And uh, one of my favorite bands to this day, still one of my favorite bands, had a huge influence on me as a kid and lyrically and musically. Um, so if I, if I accidentally say Propaganda at some point. <laughs> well, Bill, real, real quick question on that group. Yeah. Uh, I'm not familiar with them. Did they, was they, did they play into, did, did they satirize or discuss Propaganda in their music? I, I assume so, Absolutely. given the name. Yeah, yeah, they were Canadian rockers and very political, very much, uh, I would say, ahead of their time, even in, in some areas. And a lot of their songs talked about propaganda, uh, propaganda, propaganda, <laughs> propaganda. <laughs> talked about propaganda, and you know, from the point there's a lyrics of a song where he talks about you know visiting a army base and that the same uh, gun that he touched on an airplane was later you know killing lives and uh, it, you know. A lot of their songs dive deeply into that. And they even go so far to talk about gender mm-hmm. and sexuality and a lot of stuff that as a kid, you know, listening to music in the 90s, I was not exposed to these concepts. Um, highly recommend them. Let's Talk More Rock, my favorite album. Yeah, they, oh, great. they were. Uh, it, it's funny for anybody who's not familiar with that band. Uh, I was, I've also been a big fan. Uh, it's like... If Rage Against the Machine were a related but different genre, you know what I mean? Like the Mm, same kind of stuff is explored. I was also surprised to listen to these songs and think, wow, this song is amazing. What is veganism? (laughs) Because, you know, I was a kid at this time. yeah, I'm not sure about their catch-up stance, but yeah, they're great. They slap. <laughs> yeah, and they have some hardcores. I mean, I think one of their songs, "Meat is Murder" and "Dairy is Rape." So you know, you're getting into right. some some deep stuff wow. with with them, um, and always very interesting. Um, but yeah, speaking of Edward Bernays, oh, yeah, I'd love to hear. Yeah, because you were talking about how this fascinating character, Ben, that was kind of the the godfather of this. Oh man. Okay, so. Uh, you guys know one of the shows that I created applies critical thinking to all the fringe stuff, um, the ideas of conspiracy theories and government cover-ups and so on. Uh, one of the very first characters we ever studied in this endeavor is a guy named Edward Bernays. He's sometimes called the father of public relations. He is responsible for so many things in uh, U.S. and Western society overall. Not necessarily in a good way. Uh, he, for instance, is the reason people eat bacon for breakfast in the United States. <laughs> so you can thank him or be mad at him, but it's his deal. I'm thanking him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Propaganda would be so disappointed in us. But they uh, he also I, and he did this by um without going into his entire background and his inspiration, which you can read about in the book, stuff they don't want you to know, uh, available for pre-order now. Sorry, they make me do it, guys. But the um, that's a great. <laughs> but it. they uh, uh, originally he was 
he was an advertiser, right? And he was trying to figure out ways to kind of cut past the noise of mass media. Uh, his big breakthrough actually was with a the promotion of a play that was about syphilis. And ordinarily at this time, you know, he's born in 1891. He lives a very long time. He lives till 1995, actually. History is always closer wow. than we think. But he, uh, he says, hmm. he's like, okay, this subject is verboten. Can't talk about it with polite theater going company. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to turn it into a cause because now people will feel like they're doing the right thing by paying me to go see this play. And he took this idea, he ran with it, he talked extensively with his uncle, Sigmund Freud, about how to mm -hmm. hack people's minds. This is all true. So like the bacon thing, there was this place called Beechnut Packing Company, and they made a bunch of stuff. They're still around, you've heard of them. Uh, but they had a bunch of um, kind of like trash pork that they they were they were saying we got to sell this we got to figure out something and so instead of coming out with an advertisement in newspapers and, and radio across the land that just said hey eat this thing we made right which i think is still a pretty good slogan um they yeah. <laughs> in, instead he conducted a study where he ginned up the questions on the short survey sent it to uh, a ton of doctors, and the questions were worded in such a way that it would be purposely contrarian not to end up answering them in a way that made it sound like nine out of 10 doctors recommend bacon as part of a healthy breakfast. So now, wow. you know, um, all, all the all the Johnsons and the Joneses and the what have yous are reading this in newspapers because he goes to newspapers and he publishes this as news, not as an advertisement. And so now people are like, wow. well, if the doctors say it, then, you know, this is, this is for my health. Now, this is not to support a company. And he proved that this could be dangerous because although he's a brilliant man, he was quite conflicted. Um, he mm -hmm. later went on to, uh, accelerate smoking rates among uh, female-identified Americans by tying them to women's suffrage. And then his one of his big things, one of his big dirty things, was that uh, he worked with uh, the U.S. government and the United Fruit Company to justify the invasion of Guatemala in 1954, overthrowing their democratically elected president. So from like bacon... To coups, Bernays is your wow. guy for propaganda. His book is in a burst of creativity named Propaganda, and you can read it for free online. I yield nice. my time. Sorry, <laughs> well, that's that's amazing. Yeah, and I'm curious about the the Guatemala thing. So, so was he he was brought in by the government to help with with that, or he was part of that process of of saying this is something we should do? Yeah, great question, Bill. So he was brought in to drum up support both in the public mm. and then in some factions of U.S. government. So first off, United Fruit. You know them? You know them. They're crooked. They're like Got not super right. great people in the 1950s. And they are essentially functioning as a governing power of Guatemala. But when the uh, more left-wing president, it wasn't even really that left-wing. So this uh, this guy... President Arbenz is elected, um, and he's he's been working to better represent the people of Guatemala. The inequality is terrible. United Fruit runs the country, and one of the things he does is he starts asking them to pay taxes or to give up land that they own but they never use, not even to grow you know their agricultural products. And then they say, "Well, this will not do." Uh, and then they, they contact the U.S. government and they're like, I, can you believe these Guatemalans? They want their country back. And then, you know, <laughs> um, a lot of wow. the U.S. government was like, well, that won't do. Uh, we just have to drum up support for this. Uh, and Bernays then was instrumental in making it sound like Arbenz was way more left wing than he was and was like a tool of uh, communism. And that if wow. United Fruit did not get to continue running the country or install a puppet government friendly to them, then uh, very soon 
towns across the American heartland would turn into, you know, outposts of the USSR. That's like the level wow. of the level of mental parkour this guy was capable of engaging in. But that being said, propaganda is not always bad. Like don't do drug ads or propaganda, right? Like you said, right. Mark, they're they're furthering a cause at some point. Um propaganda can be true. It's just it doesn't matter whether or not it's true to the propagandist. Mm. Now, Ben, you had mentioned that, you know, Edward felt conflict at certain points in time. Do you know any times or examples where there were things that maybe he stepped back from or certain causes that he pushed because he felt that they were more just? Or is it more so that like, hey, I'm going to continue to do these things, but as I'm doing it, there's this feeling of inner conflict throughout that time. Yeah, you know, that's something that I really appreciate you asking because he's inarguably contributed to some very negative things, uh, but he also didn't see himself as a bad guy. I mean, that's a human condition. Very few people wake up and think, oh, I'm the villain today. Um, he believed that Overall, his techniques could be used to make the world a better place, but he thought that propaganda was a way to bring order out of chaos. Um, mm. We have to wonder, though, uh, how how much of his line of thinking, especially later in life, was due to rationalizing the consequences of his actions. I don't. Uh, I I don't have. In, in my recollection, I don't have a single example of when he said something like, I shouldn't have told all those people to start smoking. Or maybe, maybe a for-profit corporation shouldn't just take over a government. He's much more likely to say that um, the masses need to be controlled or need to be fed, uh, curated, distilled information for the greater good. Mm. So, Yeah. I, I wonder what the this current, and I know he, you said he didn't die that long ago. He's 95, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. Um, which is wild to think about. And that you know, this day and age with social media and the spread of propaganda and, um, you know, just even with memes, you know, you have <laughs> things, these quick bites that make you make you feel an emotion and then attach it to probably disinformation or misinformation. It's wild. And, and so as a, someone who's um, so passionate about propaganda, um, you know, and the this stuff they don't want you to know podcast, I'm sure you all dive into this a lot. It's like it's been such a crazy thing for you know, myself and I think our society in general, um, do you find yourself uh, taking any sort of information diets, Ben, or or being more judgmental of where you're getting your information? Yeah. And it's tough because the burden of the burden of interpretation falls upon the audience, right? Uh, and and as like there's a very interesting physiological thing that occurs in the human brain. Uh, the, the human brain is this brilliant thing. It's this brilliant machine that people still don't fully understand, uh, but we know stuff it likes and stuff it dislikes. And one of the things it loves, like the real umami, is when it feels like its earlier conclusion has just been validated. So much mm. so that when confronted with information, it doesn't matter what, what we're talking about. It could be religion. It could be ketchup on a hot dog. Like As soon as you're confronted with something that runs counter to what you originally believed, your beliefs are part of your identity if you're a human being. And so this feels like an attack on one's identity, even if like, like uh, it, it could be as arbitrary as, let's say, the three of us, or the four of us, uh, us and Tari, grew up in an environment where, for some reason, let's say we're in a cult, and they were like, okay, <laughs> some colors are just better colors, and the best color is this shade of blue. That's, that's just the truth. There's a lot of science behind it. 
And we're like, what's the worst color? And they say, well, it's it's this kind of burnt umber thing. It sucks. Everybody mm-hmm. knows it's terrible. And when you four grow up and get out into the wider world, you need to remember that. And then, of course, we would encounter almost 8 billion people now who totally said, I don't know, you can have favorite colors, but they're pretty much, it's like, just pick what you want, <laughs> man. Just go nuts. Mm-hmm. And then we could try to overcome what we would have been imprinted upon us. But then uh, because of the way we were raised, there's a, a pretty high likelihood that every time we saw somebody say like, well, I think this shade of blue is the best color. Some part of us would be like, they get it. They know what's up. You know, <laughs> And um, that's, that's part of, I, I think that's I'm rambling a little, but that's, So that's part of the problem that people are working against now. And the human brain is not designed for this ubiquitous, never-ending flow of information. So we start using cognitive shortcuts. If it comes from Fox News, then I consider it legit. Mm. If it comes Mm. from um, NPR, then I consider it, you know, uh, namby-pamby artsy fartsy or whatever right um and then we start because we our brains want us to make these identifications these tribal decisions to belong and to always be correct more correct than we were yesterday then we start looking for stuff that confirms it you can see that happening in russian media now um which Mm -hmm. has a a pretty just like uh north korea uh, the democratic people's republic of korea they have some um objectively amazing uh, control over a lot of the information that's being released. So for one of the things that I have to do, one of the things I try to do is to kind of triangulate the truth. That's what I call it. So if you start out with something like whatever a hot topic, uh, not the store, but like a hot button issue is right (laughs) where, where someone is saying, well, I don't know. It could be anything. It changes every news cycle, but um, whatever it is, you say, okay, there's some people who are very for this. There's people very against this. Let's, there are two points on this triangle. And then I'm going to use those to kind of determine the third point, my opinion, however uninformed Mm. it may be. And that means you have to look at the stuff you disagree with, right? You have to look at the stuff you already agree with. And it sucks, honestly. It's not fun. Your brain is working against you sometimes. It's like, no, sky blue, sky blue. Damn it. That's the color. That's the good one. And then you have to go, well, all right, well, let me go read some people who are not as heated up about this as I am. Um, and it's a struggle. And I think it's um, challenging and it's really difficult. And, you know, I'm very much in a glass house because I've had to question. Uh, my own assumptions about things. And that's part of the process. It's worth it at the end. Um, but I have, I have a lot of very, even now I have a lot of um, not super well-informed opinions that I am like hmm. ardent about. I'm like, hardcore. <laughs> most of them are about food, but some are about, you know, other things. <laughs> we'll be right back with more ridiculous news after this short break. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Don't get it confused. You are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, y'all, we're back. And uh, with our amazing guest, our executive producer, our friend of friends, Ben Bolin, uh, dropping the knowledge. Well, Ben, we have a segment that we like to do called Mental Health Tips. This is something we've been doing as, you know, getting through this pandemic, going through just daily life in America can be a little tricky sometimes. So we wanted to throw these mental health tips at our uh, amazing listeners. And uh, mine is that, guess what? Your phone has all kinds of distractions and propaganda. We've been talking about it. Um, A couple things you can do. Here's two things that I recommend for folks. You can utilize apps like Screen Time, which is built into iPhones, or Digital Wellbeing, which is built into Android. Limit times on apps, get your reminders. Um, I have found that to work okay for me, but I've also found that sometimes I just bypass it because it'll let you do that. You can you can say, it'll say, oh, you got one minute left. Do you want to go for 15 more minutes? Boom. So what I've found for me to be the best is if you're trying to get some mental health a break from those notifications, just put your phone physically in a different spot. Put it in a different room. Uh, don't sleep with it next to the bed. And you're going to find that you're going to be a little bit more chill, hopefully, for, uh, for that amount of time. Bill, that's so great. Those are some really great, uh, useful, practical tips. Thank you. Um, something that I'll throw out there and uh, Ben I feel like this relates what you were talking about in the previous segment and uh, just a general thing in regards to propaganda I'd say is like and this is just a reminder for myself is give yourself permission uh, to change your mind about things you've been taught in the past I think a lot of times I'll get a feeling of embarrassment if I feel that I've had the wrong I don't even know wrong is the right way to say it all the time but you know I learned like oh man I had, I had an incorrect opinion about this or, or I didn't, I was ignorant about this thing and you can have a feeling of being embarrassed. And so I think that's that embarrassment is part of what, at least for me anyway, will have me like hold on tighter, be like, oh, well, you know, I was, I was right because you see, I know, I know the truth. Uh, and so that could be, that could be tough, you know? Uh, so instead, you know, something that someone has told me before is that, you know, we're generally doing the best we can with the information that we have at the time. And so then later you might get some better information. And so you have to give yourself uh, permission to pivot. And so I've been trying to remind myself uh, to give myself that permission, hopefully to make it easier to continue to investigate things and to, you know, change as I, as I get more facts. To be curious above all. Right. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I, I, love what you what you guys are saying i think those two things are so important now um speaking of giving people flowers uh you all started this show amid a pandemic which is a very it's already <laughs> difficult to make a good show and doing it um doing it amid all that craziness all this ongoing craziness is no small feat um yeah the the phone thing is something a lot of people struggle with uh the learning new behaviors is very it's very exciting to me because you you kind of have to grant yourself the permission to be dumb. And that's something that I think a lot of people are frightened of. But I say this as a guy who was well into college when he figured out that the main ingredient in soy sauce is indeed soy. Like you can miss <laughs> so many things and it's fine. Like I, it took, I just... Two years ago, I figured out mattress firm is a pun, you know, like there's, the, <laughs> and if you are okay with that, you know, if you're okay with uh, practicing sort of inductive reasoning, right. And like you said, mm-hmm. Mark, changing uh, your outlook, evolving it based on the information you have at the time, then you're doing one of the best things a human being can do. Amen. I think, you know, one of the things I've learned as I've continued to try to learn things later in life uh, is that embarrassment 
happens and it's not fatal. I think that's one of the hard things, you know, one of the things that scares us humans the most is like shame and embarrassment. It's also in, in a physical terms, one of the least dangerous, <laughs> you know, it, 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 you can get through it. And that's been a big part of me is like, if I get really embarrassed or feel weird about something, I see it as, oh, this is something I need to dive deeper into. Oh, this is why am I feeling this way? And can I, can I work through it? Um, and it's not easy, but I've found like, you know, if you can push through that, you know, seeing that, remember the Star Wars kid that, uh, mm -hmm. there was a viral movie or rather video where a kid was just waving a stick around and kind of going all crazy like he had a lightsaber oh, yeah. they later like edited it so that it looked like he was fighting off you know the dark side and the stormtroopers but apparently that was a very life-changing shameful thing for that person and um you know, I think if you can push through that, you can have a lot of, <laughs> I don't give that guy advice. I know he went through a lot, <laughs> but it's like, you know, I think you can either choose to be embarrassed by it or, or move, move through it and hopefully switch it into where it's something amazing for yourself. Um, so if you're out there listening, believe in yourself, Star Wars kid. You got this. Uh, or just surround yourself with uh, people who are more embarrassing than you are. That has, <laughs> that has worked for many folks. That's one of like the core <laughs> concepts behind an entourage. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm not there yet. So with, <laughs> I was going to say, is Noel the one who was his honor? Oh, no, no. You. <laughs> Noel Brown, my good, uh, good buddy. Um, no, I think, you know, you have that moment where you look around and you go, oh, I'm the, I'm the friend who died. I'm the one. I, I'm the embarrassing <laughs> one. I'm taking the heat off everybody else in the crew. Got it. <laughs> I've definitely been there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, speaking of propaganda, this is, we have a couple of dessert quick stories that I thought were interesting. And one of them's that a woman's magazine made Thanksgiving a thing or, or more specifically the, the turkey as well for Thanksgiving, which is just another in the theme of this propaganda. Originally, turkey was the bird of choice because on the scale of luxury ranked above the goose, but below the unforgivably decadent swan and peacock. Uh, and later, everyone ate it because that was what people had, quote, always eaten, even though wild turkeys were virtually extinct by the time of the revolution. So really interesting thing about even how that affects our meals and our history there as well. Ridiculous questions for you. I know we've thrown a lot at you. And thank you so much for being such an amazing guest yes, thank and you, friend. Thank you. And, um, and we were like, what's some ridiculous stuff we could ask Ben Bullen, who's very used to answering ridiculous questions and these are loaded so nice. <laughs> like a baked potato I realize these could, all right these yeah these could take you take you down some places but i'm curious if ben could travel back in time and change how you handled one event in your life what would you change ben it's an intense question oh wow yeah okay no i, I like this this is uh this is a, a lot better than the uh the general time travel question that uh mm -hmm. people like ask themselves um I could change one thing huh okay about my life uh honestly uh and this is this is uh personal uh but the first thing that comes to mind i'm sure there'd be a list of like 50 like the more time you give someone to think about this sure, the, sure. you know uh but without getting into minutia uh the day I was born, up to the day I was born, my uh, my father and my late mother were constantly fighting about what to name me. Um, the part of mm. Tennessee where my family is from is uh, quite rural, and they have a lot of weird names. Uh, so uh, my mother didn't want to participate in that. She wanted to name me Benjamin. My father wanted to name me Shepard. And this fight continued <clears throat> up to when I was born. He gets the phone call, you know, like, hey, that lady you married is uh, having a kid and said you should get over there. And then um, he drove like blue blazes over to this hospital. Uh, and on the way, he proceeded to get in a very serious car accident like ejecting kind of through the windshield. So he's got like a jigsaw face and he's on the floor mm. beneath, like a couple floors beneath, uh, you know, whatever the, um, 
the birthing ward. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Where the where, where the babies yeah. come out? And uh, and so he is drugged up, you know, and he's all messed up in his face, and then he like. <laughs> he comes to and he's like trying to pull this IV out and he can't do it because oh he's still God. too weak. And he's like uh, in a gown carrying his IV thing. And he's like, no, I got to get to the paperwork first. And, uh, <laughs> and he doesn't get there in time, which is why my name is oh. Ben. Uh, and if I could change one thing, I would go back in time, maybe like quantum leap style and like give him more of a push. You know what I mean? Because I think Shepherd's a really cool name. Wow. That's, that's an that's, amazing story. That is an amazing story. The amazing answer. And I know we're 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 closing in here. So why don't we move on to the spring of inspiring inspirations? Another one of our favorite segments. Thank you, Ben. Um yeah, or you. I can call you Shepherd from now on if we wanted an honorary. <laughs> oh, who knows? We we play the hand I, we're dealt. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, today's quote is from Ralph Waldo Emerson, uh, and in the theme of today, Mark, you want to, Jeff, you found this amazing quote. Sure. Just kind of like playing off the theme of propaganda a little bit. This uh, quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson says, uh, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else uh, is the greatest accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as always, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We know you've got a lot of options. It means the world to us to have you listen, and it means the world to us, Ben, to have you here as a guest. Where else can folks hear you? I know you're you're, you're everywhere, but if you want to plug, plug away. Oh, yeah. One thing being your great book. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. First off, um, after you are done listening to Ridiculous News, not before, uh, go check me out on uh, Ridiculous History uh, with my uh, good friend and co-host, Mr. Noel Brown, who will probably be appearing on this show at some point. Uh, and then, yeah, no. yeah. And then if you want to uh, learn more about everything from allegations of the paranormal to government cover-ups to uh, oh, all the stuff just off the edge of the streetlight. Uh, then head on over to <laughs> Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. If you want to see what I am cooking up, uh, misadventures in the U.S. and abroad and stuff that I'm, I'm working on, then uh, head on over to Instagram in a burst of creativity. I'm at Ben Bullen, B-O-W-L-I-N, or Twitter where I'm at Ben Bullen, H-S-W. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much, Ben. And everyone, please go follow Ben. And you can also stay in touch with us as well. So you can email us at ridiculousnews at iheartmedia.com. You can follow us on social media at Ridiculous News on Facebook and IG. Also, be sure to check out our comedy videos at Mark Kendall Comedy on IG, TikTok, and Facebook, as well as at Kendall Comedy on Twitter. Bye, y'all. See ya. Ridiculous News is hosted by Mark Kendall and Bill Worley. Executive producers are Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Produced and edited by Tari Harrison. Research provided by Casey Willis. And theme music by Four Eyes and Dr. Delight. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.